I've been sharing a series of so-called postcards, just taking different views of this landscape of modern learning. And today I want to share a, a third postcard, which is about the personal context of learning. So within the landscape, I'm now focusing down on the individual and just thinking about five aspects of modern learning relating to individuals. So the first is about community. I've described before how communities are our primary mechanism of sense-making, um, and they act as the foundation of our social authority. So our reputation-based authority, which is the, the heart of social leadership, sits within our community. So the personal context of learning is that we need to be experts in community. Uh, in my work on social leadership, I talk about social capital as the power to do that. You know, it's the ability to understand this context and to survive and thrive in it. And social capital is not just something we hold ourselves, it's something that we build in others too. And that speaks to the codependent nature of community. You can't be a hero within a community, you have to be a member of that community. So within the personal context of learning, we need specific skills and capabilities to be a high-functioning member of a community. The second thing we'd look at in this postcard of, of modern learning is context, the individual context of learning and effectiveness, you know, your grounded reality. So it's increasingly important for individuals to be engaging in learning which supports their personal context. So partly this relates to the social contract between organisation and individual. Is the organisation helping you be effective today, but also helping you grow the skills that will let you get your next job? You know, it has to take a, a broader view of that. And secondly, it's about sort of individual context. What is your own reality, your personal reality, your, your work-life balance and reality, and what you need to be doing? You know, everybody is busy. Pretty much every time I go into an organisation and talk to a group, the first thing they say is, we are really busy. But busyness masks a host of other requirements and needs. So understanding the personal context of learning is really important to establish the social contract with the individual, but also important for individuals to enable them to be effective. So the third thing we can look at is technology and this individual diverse ecosystem that people inhabit. And this is closely related to a number of factors, but trust is one of the key ones. So technology for individual learning ties into how much we trust both the technology and the community that that technology supports. And trust is important because the more trust we have within a group, the more willing we are to share our uncertainty and doubt. And sharing uncertainty and doubt is central to being able to learn. Uh, sometimes I talk about learning rehearsal and performance spaces. If you lack a rehearsal space where you can prototype new language and new approaches, then arguably you can't really learn. You can't really just jump straight from learning into performance. And technology is a key aspect of this. So in the personal context of learning, when we think about technology, we should be thinking about enablement and trust. So how much does the technology enable us to do the things that we want to do? And how much trust can we hold both in the community and the technology itself? The fourth part is probably one of the most important ones, which is currency. So I'm very interested at the moment in the currencies of the social organisation, not just money. You know, money buys you time and utility. But what buys you engagement and respect and collaboration and innovation? Well, you know, there's probably a whole range of different currencies. We've talked about some already. 
you know, trust is one of them. Pride, respect, reputation, empathy, humility. These are all the currencies of the social organisation. So for the personal context of learning, it's essential to understand these, to understand how they're earned, and of course, how they're traded and where they are traded. So the personal context of learning, especially in socially collaborative models, is tightly tied up with understanding social currencies. And of course, although this episode we're looking at the personal context of learning, in the organisational context, we need to very much focus on how we are able to recognise and trade in those currencies. And finally, the fifth element is agency. In the book I'm writing at the moment on change, I talk about individual agency. How do we unlock individual agency at scale and interconnect it? So to understand the individual space to operate, we have to understand the gradients of power and consequence. The general shift in the social age is towards a rebalancing of power. But we need to understand how consequence is held, because it's held in all sorts of ways. It's held in formal assessments, it's held in judgments, it's held in rules. But what this means is if we want people to move beyond their immediate local trusted tribe, where consequence is well understood, we will need to explore ways to vary consequence. So it's quite easy to silence voices you don't want to hear in formal spaces, but all you do is lose the ability to learn from it. So our challenge is almost certainly to create uh, spaces where individual agency can be expressed, probably in progressive ways. So as people engage more, they have ever more opportunity to engage. But individual agency is certainly a core aspect of the socially dynamic organisation. What are the questions that we need to ask ourselves? Well, probably a good place to start is around agency, individual agency. Where do people hold this? What ability do people have to claim a space? A second thing to focus on is currencies. You probably know how you spend your financial currency, but consider how does the organisation spend its reputational currency? How does it spend the currency of pride? Where are these currencies traded? And what can we do to increase the overall supply? Bearing in mind that organisations can't own or fully control social currencies, but they do have a permission to trade in them if they earn it. (music) 